Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 36. We're joining you every week to talk IT career, news, and opinions based on our points of view. I'm your host, John White, at BDreamin on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John. I'm doing pretty well. I am currently podcasting from Thunderstorm Central, as it is springtime in Texas, but it's all good. We'll, we'll see if the internet connection holds up. I want to make sure our listeners know we are a couple of VMware solution engineers looking to bring them the career advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. We hope our discussions will be relevant across disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. Um, I, I I do hear the the thunder occasionally through your microphone. It sounds pretty intense. Right. It's not just the thunder from the Imagine Dragon song. It's real thunder. It was oh, enough wow. to scare my nine year old. So it's pretty been pretty intense. Hopefully, the trampoline in the backyard is still there tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just cut out like halfway through, then I'll just assume that you got hit by lightning. Um, and, right. Uh, and uh, a, an abrupt end to this podcast. Well, just tell the thousands upon thousands of listeners that there's an opening for your co-host and tryouts will begin immediately. <laughs> You're that can be the next episode. Oh, <laughs> wow. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm actually looking for somebody also named Nick. Um, very replaceable. Right. They need to be from Dallas-Fort Worth, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, This week, we were going to talk about customer advocacy programs. We actually had this idea, um, and we're actually following through on it. A few episodes back, we talked to Tony Reeves, and um, a big part of the discussion was his participation in uh, VMware's customer advocacy program. So uh, we thought that we would get into... uh, a little bit more generalized discussion of customer advocacy programs. Uh, am I on track with you here? Yes, sir. So we might as well dive right in. All right, John, what is a customer advocacy program and why do they even exist? Uh, I'm not even sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. I think, um, the, the idea is that a vendor is creating a program, which is incentivizing the customer's, Uh, to be highly socially engaged advocates of the solution, whatever that solution is. Um, I just want to make sure that, you know, people don't get confused. If you, if you Google customer advocacy, customer advocacy, uh, sometimes you'll run into uh, positions that exist within a customer service organization um, where, you know, people be hired to be internal customer advocates. You know, if something's gone wrong with an implementation or a product, then it's that person's job to internally advocate for the customer. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about programs to get people socially engaged, customers socially engaged uh, with other customers and and with the product. So um, in general, you're talking about something that's an arm of a vendor's marketing organization. Uh, it's it's not you know the complete marketing spend, uh, probably a tiny fraction of it. 
um, but it, de- it definitely is part of marketing organizations, and which is interesting. I, I don't know if, if you knew that, um, you know, going into uh, VExpert, um, but I certainly didn't. I never thought about uh, customer advocacy programs as advocacy programs. <laughs> it just that part kind of escaped me until probably way too late. Maybe it's everybody else knew that they were advocacy programs, but I didn't. Um, I want to say the first one I came across was Microsoft's MVP program. Um, I was thinking about uh, operating Microsoft's uh, SBS server, the small business server. Um, and uh, I came across the writings of somebody who was an MVP for that SBS product. And it was really helpful for me to help evaluate what was going on, what the point of the product was, so on and so forth. So. You know, it's very, very helpful. And, uh, but I just never thought about that as Microsoft trying to market to me, right? This was someone who's a user of the product. And, and maybe that was the point. Yeah, I didn't really think of it that way either. I just thought, oh man, this V Expert program thing sounds like something I should do to really give myself a boost. And we can talk about that a little bit more later. But in terms of the customer advocacy program thought, what do you think the benefits are to the vendor in this, if you create one, John? What do you think? Yeah, so I think, you know, it's, again, under the auspices of a, of a marketing department. So you're really mobilizing customers. You want them to, um, maybe if there isn't a, a community, a customer community, you want that to spark and maybe help build one. If there is one, you want to, to activate it to, to turn those uh, people from customers to advocates, right? You want them to be vocal about the things that they like about your product and maybe provide some um, valuable feedback about the things that they don't like, that the things that could be improved. So um, there's that. Um, you can they're providing probably pretty valuable peer thought leadership. Um, so that's um, peer influence, right? Like, hey, I really like this product. Um, I use it all the time. Here's the ways that I use it. Here's the problems that it solved for me. Here's m- how much money it saved or time it saved, you know, whatever, you know, the measurement of value is. And, and especially in today's internet age, you know, that stuff is discoverable, right? And so people are way more influenced by their peers than they are by marketing materials and slicks and one pagers and case studies that a vendor is putting out like through their official channels. So I think, you know, bang for buck, an advocacy program is probably pretty effective. Um, Probably organic peer references too, right? Um, Probably you're sidestepping um, an official vendor channel, like you can just passively go out and, and read stories from people. And all of a sudden, you know, you've, you you've effectively gotten a reference from these people. Maybe you, you write to one or two of them and say, Hey, you know, do you still feel this way? Or you go through their blog or whatever and, and see where they are today compared to when they were, you know, wrote a super happy article, that kind of thing. So, um, there's that peer reference. And then, I guess, you know, I've kind of sideways mentioned it, you know, content um, and maybe social reach too, right? So an advocacy program is you're incentivizing people to write articles, write blog posts, speak at conferences, 
um, tweet, you know, so increase the social reach of maybe the, the official marketing messages and also provide organic content and recommendations um, from the user community. So again, it's that that peer-to-peer influence, um, you know, that isn't clouded by vendor speak and, you know, people telling you how they actually had some problems and then solved those problems and, you know, the, the ins and outs of, of doing implementations and what to watch out for and, you know, what other solutions go hand in hand. So I, I think that, you know, all in all, it can be a pretty, you know, hugely beneficial thing. I mean, the first part of it is that you need to have a really good product, of course. Um, you can't, you know, mask bag product by doing, or you know, semi-organic uh, mar- marketing. You know, you're, you're probably not going to activate people who don't like your product. So I don't know. Is that in line with uh, your thinking? Like now that we've thought about it a little bit, does that make sense? I think so. But, you know, if you're talking about activating me, I just feel like you might be plugging me into the matrix, John. Is that what this is about? <laughs> in a way. In a way. So um, maybe I'll turn the tables on you. Um, what do you think the benefits to the participant are? Um, you've been a member of an advocacy group or two. So, um, you know, the participants, um, maybe the, the employers, you know, that ultimately purchased solutions. What are the benefits there? Man, now I guess I have to admit that I've been activated. Huh? I don't know. Something about that word just rubs me the wrong way. But I digress. I think one of the marks is exposure for the company you work for. The fact that you are employed by company XYZ and you're a standout in as a part of this advocacy, advocacy program. You know, If you're going to speak at a conference, for example... That's actually a marketing opportunity, not only for the vendor's technology you're mentioning, but for the company you're representing. Oh, he works for a company XYZ. I wonder what they do. You might actually be able to help your own company sell stuff because of that exposure. And, you know, it kind of puts a mark on on your employer as they have some thought leadership as, as part of their talent pool. And they, they have some some standout employees as well. And of course, you're going to get, as part of advocacy programs, you're going to get access to technical resources on the vendor side and maybe even some some cadence with them that you might not get if you weren't a member of those advocacy programs. I would, I would say that you're going to get a little more influence on product feedback and making products better. I, I, I like that personally. And a lot of a lot of these advocacy programs are going to give you free software for being a part of the program that you could use in some kind of test environment. Maybe it's a home lab. A lot of people invest in that as a way to tinker outside the office and build up their skill set. And you can also get access to special briefings, of course, under an NDA probably, advanced information of product releases, and access to special betas. You know, to give an example. At one point, I was able to to beta test a product from Arctic Wolf, who's a security vendor. And so they sent us the appliance, and we hooked it up in our environment. And it would it would be a aggregator of all of our logs from different systems. And it was security as a service. So the the dedicated security analyst on the other side would would watch 
our environment and point out any smoking guns so that we could quarterback where we needed to spend our time. We had a small team and I tested it in the beta and because I was a beta tester, gave feedback on the product, they actually gave us some, you know, significant discounts to become early adopters. And we ended up doing that and we're very happy with, with the product. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I really like what you said about being engaged with the vendor, right? If you are, you know, generally happy with a product and you can write about that and especially write about technical details and, you know, help other people, you know, make the decision to purchase or not purchase based on, you know, your expertise that helps out the vendor, but it also you know, gives you influence within that community. So if they designate you as, you know, a member of this advocacy group, then I, I would say that your company has you in, as an in, individual, but also the company that you work for has like a lot more influence on, you know, the direction of the product and, and how important it is to solve certain things, right? Because you're out there, again, you've been designated because of your social reach and the amount of people that you influence. So if you say, hey, this is missing, you know, here's the features that I would like to see, or this doesn't work correctly, when I try to do it this way, you know, things fail, and when I try to do it the wrong way, things go, you know, kind of correctly, you know, then they're, they're more, way more likely to listen to you, um, rather than, you know, kind of a lone voice out in the darkness. Um, so I think that's a really important thing to, uh, to to say and and call out and it, i guess it's the other side of the coin of you know getting you know the benefit for the vendor to to get some qualified you know feedback on on things that are are not going correctly you know right and you know the benefit to other customers is oh this person's used the product they've they've seen the ins and outs or shortcomings that maybe aren't always highlighted let's just say Sure. Mm -hmm. And that that's a good thing to know about. Oh, this is a good product, but if you implement it, you're going to run into these three problems. That way, you know, in advance and you're not surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, this requires, you know, you, you need these prerequisites covered. You can't just do this in isolation. Uh, that's always good to know. Very good to know. So what if any, do you see as like maybe downsides to a customer advocacy program? Um, we talked about the benefits to the vendor, um, to the customer, to potential customers, but what about any downsides? So if, if I'm a member of some kind of vendors, customer advocacy program, in a way there, there might be a perception that I'm being, my views are being biased in, by the vendor's technology vision, or if I'm so involved in that particular advocacy program and I'm not doing enough outside of it, maybe I've become biased and I'm losing some influence in other areas. Oh you know, yeah. I, I didn't think about that. You're, so, um, losing your impartiality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would, I would maybe say like you, you know, somebody who's an actual user of the product has probably more insight into the, you know, the upsides and downsides of that product. But um, it, it's a good point. You're saying that participating in the advocacy group is is kind of like uh, almost inviting an accusation of bias because you're 
an advocate. Yes, sir. Okay. And you know, we could we could split hairs over it to some extent, but technically speaking, if in any online forum, whether it's vendor sponsored or neutral, if I put in a positive word for a product that would help someone solve a problem, I'm kind of advocating for that product, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I think that um, it's that, you know, the fact that it's programmatized, right? Yeah. <laughs> Programmatic. Yeah, and it's specifically designed to um, engage customers as advocates. I, I, I think I, I understand why that could be a, a perception. Right, and, you know, you you might also have this perception that, oh, if I was part of this program, they're going to put a bunch of pressure on me to contribute. And I just don't know if I can support that kind of time inside the program. Maybe they're expecting me to give feedback on products and I'm not sure I have that time commitment. So I don't want to waste their time or my time and I'm just not going to do it. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the the idea that you're making a time commitment to participate in a program, I can definitely see that. Although I would say, I mean, my understanding of these things is that that's not how they work. If and if they they just don't perceive you as qualifying because of lack of participation, then you just won't be, you know, have that designation for the next time period or whatever. So I I don't know. Maybe that is a an indication of pressure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, that that's really on the individual to understand like what they can and can't do in any given period of time. Right. Right. And you know, some people may take the stance that, oh, you're doing marketing for this vendor for free and in a way you're selling their product for free. And that puts you too close to the sales funnel and you want to shy away from that, you know? I think that's a valid concern that people may have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I think there's definitely in uh, technology culture, like, you know, in IT operations or technology operations in general, the engagement with sales is, is it's kind of an ugly word, an engagement with marketing. You know, people don't like to be marketed to and they don't like to be sold, right? Uh, pressure applied to accept an inferior product or solution, right? That always rubs people the wrong way. Um, so I, I definitely understand that. Um, and I, I don't think that, uh, <laughs> I don't think that advocacy groups can, uh, can combat that, right? It's, if anything, it's, I don't know, it's just a designation. Um, but I, I, I guess I'm seeing it, you know, I'm I'm wondering, you know, out loud on this podcast, if me working for a vendor makes me biased towards vendor advocacy programs, and it might be possible. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Uh, well, I I'm definitely biased toward using them to help your career, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah, but maybe you can, uh, having gone through this before. And actually, you know, guiding me through the process, uh, what is that qualification process um, for for becoming, you know, one of these designees? 
usually the because you have to apply for these advocacy programs it's it's not something you can just claim to be a part of you have to apply or be nominated in some way by a peer you may have to give a a reference for your technical prowess but you have to show some evidence that you've done technical work related to the the vendor product or space in question so that could be in the form of blogging or online forum community participation excuse me where you've answered questions about it helped people with troubleshooting maybe you've given a talk on the product or an adjacency to that product in that particular space and <clears throat> Normally, these applications are, are going to get reviewed by employees at the vendor, and they decide, okay, this person is active enough. You know, they, they've created some content related to our product that's helped other people, mm-hmm. and they have a decent impact radius that would help the company to have them in this program, and you are told yes or no. Mm-hmm. That's normally how it works, and and it usually get to be part of the program for a specific time period, whether that's six months or a year, and then you have to reapply. Because as we said before, you know, you may feel that pressure to participate. So if if you don't participate and or don't continue to create content related to this technology, this vendor advocacy program that you've signed up for, you may not be eligible to to stay in it. Right, right. So, you know, judging on what you've done over your past year as opposed to, like, your entire career, um, that, that makes sense. Yeah, maybe you've gone on and you've changed career paths. It doesn't make sense for you to be, still be <laughs> an advocate for that uh, product or solution. Sure. Um, let's, um, I mean, both of us uh, participated in VMware's program, but maybe we can talk about the programs that are out there um, that would be valuable to, you know, people. Um, again, our kind of core audience is IT operations. Um, so the programs that are out there, let's maybe run down them and, and talk about the ones that we know and, and, uh, and uh, some others out there, maybe the ones that are lesser known. Okay. So one of the ones that comes to mind for me is Cisco Champions. So uh, you'll right. see... You know, you can go and and look at the link, and it'll tell you the type of people that they want. They want active members of the community, thought leaders that are influencers, technical authorities, making contributions on social media, third-party forums, user groups, speaking engagements. So they tell you what they want in a in a qualified applicant. Got it. I I knew about the Cisco Champions program. The one that Cisco has that I didn't know about was the cert insiders, um, people who are climbing their certification ladder and can uh, participate and, and talk about that and, and advocate for that and help other people. It's uh, to have like a, a, an advocacy program just for the certification track was pretty interesting. Yeah, I didn't know about that one. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Of course, VMware vExpert, I, I think a lot of people who... Well, a lot of people know what that is. Some don't, but we we have a link there again. Qualifications very similar: blogging, podcasting, social media interaction, forum participation. There's Veeam Vanguard. Uh, on that one, you actually have to be nominated, from what I read. Hmm. That's 
that seems to be a a pretty elite status from what I understand. There's Microsoft MVP. We will put a link in the show notes about what it takes to be a Microsoft MVP. One of the things that they want you to be able to do is contribute code to projects. Mm. So community participation through not just answering questions for people, but creating code and contributing to to new technologies, new tools that can help others, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I found a website um, for a company that actually helps uh, vendors create these programs. It was called Influitive. Um, we'll maybe drop a link and you can take a look at that. But they had an interesting list of, of clients that I hadn't really thought of. Um, uh, one, of the, uh, one of them was MongoDB. Um, you know, we haven't mentioned Nutanix. I, I know that Nutanix has like a, a champions program. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but um, it definitely exists. Nutanix Technology Champions. Ah, okay. So in, Influitive had a, a list of, of customers that it, it was really interesting because I hadn't um, really heard of a lot of them. Uh, MongoDB was the one that kind of uh, jumped out at me. Um, and then I would say, uh, let me see, QuickBase, NetBase, PGI is a... Um, like a conference calling thing on 24 and Marketo. So those were kind of their featured customers. It's very interesting. I, I, you know, maybe they didn't all uh, take part in the, um, the marketing solution. I think this company had other, other stuff too, you know, like events and, um, and other things. So um, it was just interesting to see what a company that was marketing the idea of advocacy programs was saying about those programs and the benefits that it um, benefits that it had. So if you want to go check that out, um, we will drop a link in the show notes. That's awesome. Marketing, the idea of marketing. I love it. <laughs> Just put one more marketing at the very beginning of that. <laughs> uh, before I forget, I think while we were talking about this, uh, you and I realized that um, the the user forum, uh, Spiceworks that we both participated in kind of had a, a local user advocate program. And, uh, that I think we both participated in probably over the years. I, I don't know that it was, it had a, a designation, but it was like, you could, um, they would invite you to speak to groups of companies that were thinking about advertising on Spiceworks. And they would talk about the unique value of, um, Spiceworks uh, community members and how they actually valued ads and paid attention to them as opposed to block them. So um, I don't Did you ever take part in those things? I did. I actually got to go to one of those at the Dell campus in, in Round Rock. And that was really cool. You know, there were four of us on a panel and a room full of people just hammering us with questions about exactly what you just said how to market to and sell to IT pros and what approaches we think work and the approaches that we don't want to see. Right. It was a neat, neat experience, but kind of a different type of advocacy program, just like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that you touched on uh, the, the fact that we were going to talk about the career benefit of participating in an advocacy program. 
So I wanted to make sure that we got to that and and kind of pick your brain on 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 exactly how it can help somebody's career. So the advocacy program, you know, you can use it as you like. Once you get that designation and become a part of it, you can choose to use the free software or you know, special access to information, or you can choose not to, but there is a very tight network of people that are in these advocacy programs and to be able to get access to those people and talk to them, you know, things like private forums or Slack channels are super helpful. I can tell you once I got into the V expert program, you know, I began to recognize who's who in the zoo and oh this person's really good at this specific thing i wonder if they would give me some advice so i could go directly to them via private message and because i'm a v expert you know they would be more likely to to help me out because i'm part of the same program Mm -hmm. and i think that you know very much like if you reach out to someone in the spiceworks community they would probably help you because you're both contributors there but you know it it's a smaller group and I think it's a little more intimate based on the advocacy program you're in. Yeah. So it definitely broadens your network of peers. And I think it, it gives you more opportunities because these advocacy programs are definitely things you should put on your resume. Even if all you did was get the designation and didn't do anything after that, still put it on your resume because you did some work that, told someone they should acknowledge you as having some sort of specialty or you were a big contributor to this, you know, technology community. And that's, that's important. That's a, that's another skill. You know, you could use that to show leadership skills even. It's definitely another um, technology validation, right? There's, there's a number of ways that you can, um, you know, if you're doing a job search or if you're being, uh, evaluated by your current employer about your technical chops, you know, that you can point to, you can say, well, I achieved the certification. Um, I was given this award by this group, or you can say, you know, one of the vendors that we use, um, designated me as one of their, um, technical experts that, you know, contributes to the community in this, in this specific way. And, um, that's a big deal, right? Like that's definitely a validation of your skills. And, you know, your writing or your, you know, social reach, any number of things. So it kind of gives, you know, a prospective employer or your current employer a way to evaluate you that is, you know, a little bit different from, you know, just a kind of standard references or um, looking at your portfolio of work or, or things like that. Yes, sir. And of course, we talked about the the software for home home lab use. Sometimes it's cloud lab use. But you can go and tinker and play with the software, whether you write about it or not. Oftentimes you get free or early access to it. And again, tinkering around with with the software product, breaking it, fixing it, you can learn all kinds of things from doing that, you know, separate and apart from the day job. And I think most of us would agree that in order to further your career a lot of times it takes a little bit of extra effort outside the office outside the nine to five to get yourself to that next level and maybe you know maybe the advocacy program is totally unrelated to the technology you use at the office it may be that you're trying to break into 
using a different type of technology in your next role. And because of the work you've done, you've broken into that community and been part of the advocacy program. And that can build the bridge that allows you to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I also think that it's kind of a roadmap to career boosting, right? Each of those, um, you know, the qualification lists of activities that you talked about, like that is kind of a roadmap to, to build up your career, you know, write blog posts, write articles, if it's internal distribution or public distribution, you know, those things both help, um, just a community participation, answering questions on community forums helps you to understand more than just the types of problems that you see at your employer and the way that you use, you know, whatever technology solution that they're talking about, you know, people can break it in a lot of different ways, right? Have lots of uh, different kinds of problems. So um, your exposure to all the different ways that it's used and the different types of problems can help you, you know, just be more knowledgeable about using that product. And, you know, for example, if it's a, you know, an element of a portfolio of products, then as your company maybe starts evaluating other aspects of that portfolio, then you can say, actually, you know, maybe I've seen a lot of problems or, you know, now that I've seen the type of problems that people have, I, I recognize you know, through the patterns that it's, you know, it's because they haven't done enough work in this area, but we're really expert at at that area. So it's not going to be a problem for us or, you know, whatever. I'm just throwing out a bunch of different uh, ways that it could or, you know, could not be helpful. So, you know, it just helps you and your career to, to, um, walk this path, um, to use this as a blueprint. So whether or not you actually get a designation, um, through one of these programs, you know, participating in this specific way is going to help um, your career, uh, whether or not you get this designation. Right. It's the journey. Absolutely. It, it's kind of like a certification, right? The certification is a validation of what you've done, not like the goal, or it shouldn't be. Right. It definitely shouldn't be. And again, just even if you just started with online forum participation in some way, as John mentioned, it's that exposure to the other technologies out there, even the way people are using the product, maybe it's totally outside the box or different from what you thought. And you go, Oh wow, that, that would be really helpful or that's really cool. I'm going to take it and mess around with it a little bit and learn something new. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Maybe one final thought, um, you know, the question got asked, uh, are advocacy programs just for customers or can uh, vendor employees take part in them? I mean, you and I are both uh, employees of VMware and we participate in their vExpert program. So I guess, you know, depending on the vendor, um, they, you know, do or don't encourage employees to participate. Um, I would imagine that most employers have separate advocacy programs for their employees to participate in. Um, so I, I don't know. It's I've seen it. it. It works in different ways. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, if you're at an employer that maybe they don't sell a product, they sell a service, the HR department may want it employees to engage in sharing articles on LinkedIn or social media about what's happening with the company acquisitions, 
in my mind, that's kind of like starting your own internal advocacy program. You know, we want employee engagement by them sharing this on social media. And a lot of times that shows you how much employees like the company they work for, sure. depending on whether they're willing to to do that sort of thing. It, it doesn't have to be a requirement, of course, because you can't necessarily make your employees market for you for free, but you get the idea. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's, you know, even a benefit for employees, like if you work for uh, a, a company that has an advocacy program to, to take part in that, you know, whether formally or informally, you know, because with as an insider, you kind of have an overarching view that you might be able to, you know, bring to that, um, that program where you can, you know, chime in and share an article and say, actually, I saw this exact same use case in a similar type of situation, um, you know, in this other area. And it went a little something like this and, and talk about that, you know, maybe anonymized or maybe you get permission from the customer to use that use case. Um, so, you know, just gaining reputation as an influencer in your industry, um, you know, on LinkedIn or, you know, social media, whatever it is like that, again, is a benefit to you and your career. Um, even if you're taking part in an advocacy program at the company that you work for. And everything we're talking about here is a way to help you build your network of peers, whether directly or indirectly. If you're doing things on these online forums, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, you're probably going to influence somebody and be influenced by someone and the interactions could take you to new places. Never know. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, Nick, I think that's all we had for that topic. Uh, anything else pop in your mind before we close out? You know, if you're out there listening and you haven't been the best advocate for your own career, why wait any longer? Send that tweet out to add in our journey to join the John White School of Mentoring today. Pricing and packaging to come. Just a reminder that we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and we're always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. <laughs> All right. Farewell, listeners. Uh, tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at V Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore. Signing off. Adios. Episode number 36. We're going to be joining you every week to talk IT career, news, and opinions based on our points of view. I'm your host, John White. I don't know why I'm doing this accent. Really? Uh... Well, if it makes you feel any better, I just got a text that, okay. <laughs> that sparked my attention. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> Hey, Nick, how's it going? <laughs> it's going great, John. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs>